0: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. It's going down right here. Oh, yeah. Good
1: morning, Fantasy players. It's Fantasy Sports Today. Dane Martinez and the King, Scott Angle, breaking down what we saw in Week 14. It is the playoffs for some of you. Someone out there lost because of Miami Miracle. Somebody out there lost Miami Miracle because of a pass to Kenny Stills. Someone out there lost because of a touchdown to Kenyon Drake. Someone out there lost because of missed field goals by Chris Boswell. Someone out there lost because of final interceptions, the like fourth pick that the Chicago Bears defense had last night. Some of you lost because Juju Smith-Schuster took a lateral down the sidelines, we're going to break it all down and tell you how to keep on progressing to win your leagues and win that cash. Scotty, a lot of craziness in the NFL yesterday, I would say, from the laterals to some of the just straight-up bad coaching decisions that were really made all across the NFL.
2: Yeah, uh, you know, it was just a crazy day, you know, that fantasy-wise, too, when you look at some of the guys that scored yesterday, Brandon Bolden, Zach Center, yeah. you know, guys like that. Uh, James Devlin, another touchdown. James Devlin has six carries this year, and four of them have gone for touchdowns.
1: Yeah, it's like he's uh, Jerome Bettis.
2: Yeah, well, uh, not, not even that. It's more like he's like Tommy Vardell.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. Let me tell you something. I was talking about the Patriots, how they made a couple of mistakes. I want to get into some other games here. Um, where? To be quite honest, there were some mistakes. The first thing I want to talk about is the Cleveland Browns getting a W to go to 5-7-1 on the season, continuing the slide for the Carolina Panthers. They get a 26-20 win. And, uh, Scotty, what if I tell you that in a playoff matchup I was facing Christian McCaffrey and Jarvis Landry in this game? And it seemed like they made up the entire production.
2: Yeah, you know, sometimes that happens. You know, maybe... there are some people out there who went against uh, Saquon Barkley and Amari Cooper.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I digress here. Christian McCaffrey continues his stellar season, 63 yards on the ground and two touchdowns. He adds another uh, six catches for 38 yards. He gets you the 100 scrimmage yards, two touchdowns. I mean, this guy, I continue to lobby Scott, as you know, for him to be a PPR top five pick, you know, in next year's kind of draft, but that's on one side. On the other side, we had, uh, we had a Jarvis Landry sighting. Scott, Jarvis Landry uh, ran for a touchdown. Caught a touchdown and then tried to have the cherry on top by throwing for a touchdown. That didn't work out for him, though.
2: No, but he's had two strong weeks in a row, and he's kind yeah. of uh, he's kind of reviving fantasy confidence in him in a, in a, at a at a very key time of the fantasy schedule. You know, this is uh, Landry was great down the stretch. You know, he helped me win the GST championship last year, so it's good to see him. You know, Baker Mayfield is playing very, very well. Uh, he's only had two touchdown passes in his last two weeks. But, uh, you know, he's really sparked this offense. Yep, absolutely. You talk about how Jarvis Landry is like, you know, getting
1: back on the radar, but can you really trust any of these Browns pass catchers, Scott? I mean, you know, at different points of the season, we've talked about Landry. We've talked about Njoku as a streaming tight end. He only goes three for 35. We talked about Duke Johnson and he had like a three week emergence, but he gets squad in the passing game, negative six yards in the run game. You know, like where are you going to for dependability in Cleveland, Scott?
2: You're not really, That's except it. other than other than Nick Chubb, uh, you know Jarvis Landry's only scored three touchdowns this season. Kind of harkens his Miami days, but he was even more productive as a pass catcher in his Miami days. Uh, Mayfield, you know, he's somebody I think you can consider for regular starting consideration. But David Njoku, you know, this guy's overrated. Yep. Uh, you know, we're looking we're looking at his game log. You know, only once in his past six games. Uh, Has he gotten to double-figure fantasy points and only one he hasn't scored in five of his last six games? PPR, he has not scored more than seven fantasy points in five of six games. Is David Njoku really a fantasy starter? His numbers say no. Absolutely, and that's reinforced with only three for 35. You can get that floor pretty much
1: anywhere. You could throw a random dart at the tight end position and probably get those same three to six points on a weekly basis. Remember, Got it from Scottie. Lee
2: Smith yesterday.
1: There you go. You could have gotten yeah. it from Ian Thomas, Who more than that from Ian Thomas. He goes nine for 77. I want to ask you about that, Scotty, because he was a guy who you've mentioned in the past that the Panthers like him as a rookie. He sort of felt below the line of a guy that we thought would actually be someone you could start in your fantasy playoffs, I would say. But remember... Scotty, they continue to evolve. I've been making this point all season long. Cam didn't have a good game, okay? He throws a pick, only 265 yards. You know, he has the 23 rushing yards, 26 of 42. But my thesis about these Panthers have remained the same. I know Greg Olson is done. I know Fanch- Funches is banged up. But they are now moving to these more shake-and-bake kind of guys. Curtis Samuel, 4 for 80. DJ Moore, 5 for 67. Right at, as well. McCaffrey, obviously. Talk to me. Is is Ian Thomas more of an um, athletic? athletic tight end than Greg Olson.
2: Yeah, he's like one of of those former basketball players. There you go, exactly. I I believe. And uh, the... Cam was looking at his way in the preseason when he got some opportunities to play with him. And it wasn't just this week. You know, last week, five catches for 46 yards. He got you almost 10 points last week. And they played New Orleans and Atlanta coming up. So I think Ian Thomas is something somebody, somebody got to look at. Right now, he's only owned 25.5% of ESPN leagues. I'd rather start Ian Thomas than David Njoku or Kyle Rudolph.
1: Yep, absolutely. I was going to ask you about some of that. Like, for example, Jordan Reed also left the game for Washington, right? So if you were trying to have some of these other guys, Ian Thomas, are you, are you saying, Scott, like, I mean, it's week, going into week 15. So when we talk tomorrow about the waiver wire, I think it's going to be slim pickings. There's not going to be many people we are going to look to target. Might Ian Thomas be like the only kind of really viable tight end add?
2: I think so. You know, there were no no other tight ends that really showed us anything last night. I mean, obviously the Dallas tight ends looking good, but uh, there's been no track record for that. With Ian Thomas, you know, they drafted this guy. They were kind of high on him, and now he's getting an opportunity to play here. And uh, they'll look for him as a big body over the middle, I think.
1: Yep, absolutely. I told you there were a lot of mistakes that were made in uh, football around the NFL. I want to get your take on this one. I want to, you know, Sc- Scotty, like, it's almost like on a scale of 1 to 10. Like, how bad was it to put Gronk at deep safety? How bad was it for Brady to take the sack and run out the clock at the end of the first half? How about this one, Scotty? I don't know if you saw this, but when... um. Let's see, where was it exactly in the game? Okay, the Browns score to go up 23-20 to in the fourth quarter with 13 minutes left to go. Nick Chubb runs for the four-yard touchdown, okay? They line up for the extra point, Scott. They hit the extra point, point. and then there's a, uh, a flag on it. I think it was like offsides or something like that. The Browns' brain trust, you know, Greg Williams and his imminent uh, intelligence, decides to take the penalty, which takes the point off the board... And then they re-kick, and Joseph misses the extra point. I can understand if you want to take that penalty to move it up to the one-yard line and then go for two. But they took the extra point off the board just to re-kick the extra point, Scott. And then they missed the extra point. How stupid is that on the scale of 1 to 10? Is that even is that even worse than putting Gronk back at single safety?
2: That's like a 20. I, I don't get yeah, it. Yeah,
1: right? That's Ridiculous. Like yeah, what, are you, what are you doing? If like it's completely fine, Scott. If after the penalty they decide they want to go for two, okay, and do it from the one yard line instead of the two, that is fine. But for them to then just kick it again, take a point off, and then and then he missed the extra point. To me, that's pretty high up on the uh, brain farts of all the coaches here in Week 14. Would you agree?
2: Yeah, that that was baffling.
1: It was. It was. All right, let's go to another game, Scott. And here's my thing, okay? Aaron Rodgers, you know, is free of Mike McCarthy. There was a lot of reports about that their relationship has soured and a lot of reports that Aaron Rodgers wanted to come out and kind of, I don't know, for lack of a better term, prove himself, right? And we, I was expecting a big output from the Packers in this one. They get a 34-20 to win against the Atlanta Falcons. Rodgers only throws for 196 yards, does have the two touchdowns. Aaron Jones is there. And then in the past game, listen, Devontae Adams gets a touchdown. Randall Cobb with one of his best efforts of the season. Do you think this was like an um, Aaron Rodgers, like, stick it to the world kind of game, Scott?
2: Not really. I okay. mean, the numbers were, were much different than what we've seen. Uh, but... You know, he played a really good first half. Uh, for some reason, Aaron Jones didn't start. They started Jamal Williams. but Right. Uh, you know, he, Only in the nominal word, right? I don't think there's Aaron Rodgers sticking to the world. It's not like he had four touchdowns and they blew him out or something like that. They score uh, 34 points. They did score 34 points, but what were Rodgers' numbers?
1: No, they weren't amazing. Twenty-one to thirty-two, only hundred ninety-six yards, two touchdowns, no picks. He did also run.
2: That's Aaron Rodgers. What well, one, one non-playoff yards. team beat another non-playoff team? You yep. know, there's no major story here. He did have a spectacular game yesterday, and mm-hmm. you know he still doesn't have any wide receivers and he can, well, pass catchers that he could trust outside of Devontae Adams. So, what has really changed?
1: I don't know. Are, are you encouraged by the return really of uh, to viability of Randall Cobb potentially?
2: Uh he had a touchdown, but the yardage numbers weren't spectacular.
1: Yeah, and PPR, he gets you 16, 17 points. I'm okay with that as a wide receiver three.
2: I wouldn't trust Randall Cobb. He, he did have a lot, a lot of yardage, and uh, he wasn't playing well before he got hurt. Uh, okay. I wouldn't want to start Randall Cobb in the fantasy playoffs based on one decent game.
1: All right, and on the other side in Atlanta, Edo Smith is the leading rusher with 60 yards. Tevin Coleman, only 10 for 45. We've talked about this a lot. Those running backs had an opportunity when Devontae Freeman went down, and they just have not
2: done it. The other thing,
1: listen, Scotty, who
2: well, you Col- Jones? Coleman really hasn't done it, though. It's how much of a chance has Smith gotten really over the last two weeks, and maybe they're trying to give him a longer look because they know Coleman's not right. going to be back. They do have But then again, year, right? at 5'9 to 195, he's not cut out to be a workhorse. It could be a timeshare between Edo Smith and Devonta Freeman next yeah, year. Yeah, but
1: Devonta Freeman is also clearly, Scott, not cut out to be a workhorse either.
2: Right. That's what I just said. It could be a timeshare next year between Edo Smith and Devonta Freeman. We shall see. We shall see. Julio Jones gets into the end zone not once but twice, Scott.
1: you know, At the end of the season, it's going to look like he didn't have this kind of touchdown issue for the first half.
2: Yeah, he's got five in his last five games in his first you know, touchdown but... game of the season. So uh, <laughs> it's, it's nice to see that. He only had three going into yesterday. Like, you know, we talked about the numbers, being Mike Blewett, and he's like, okay, you're going to point out the one negative. I guess for a, from a fantasy perspective, it's, it certainly is. But he's getting to the end zone more frequently. It's what you want to see as you head towards your fantasy football championship.
1: Yep, I got another mistake to bounce off of you, Scott, in this game. I don't know if you saw this, because if you were, if it was past like one ten and you weren't settled in, you didn't see this. But you know, Joe Philbin is the kind of like interim head coach there, right? He's been a head coach of the Dolphins. He's been there in Green Bay before. Did you see this, Scotty? Literally in the first minute and a half of the game. Do you know what I'm gonna say?
2: No, without a doubt. Okay.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. T- tell me where this. Uh, you know, mistake rates on all of our head coaches' mistakes so far this week. Scott, literally in the first 90 seconds of the game, uh, the first play, like Julio Jones catches something on the sideline. Philbin oh, yeah, he think ran it's a challenges. He challenges yeah, yeah. it. Literally, like, three plays later, with literally more than 13 minutes left in the first quarter, he challenges another Julio Jones catch. Doesn't get that one overturned. The man is then done with challenges for the rest of the game 90 seconds in. Where does that rate around the mistakes that head coaches made ye- yesterday?
2: Uh, it's got to rank up there, but it's definitely behind the Miami Miracle for for sure. Uh, Second. <laughs> but look, Joe Philbin was not a good coach, head coach with the Dolphins. Uh, so right? no shock here.
1: I know, but it's just you know. I think that's a little bit weird. You don't use both of your time, your challenges so early against a guy like Julio Jones. I just think, I just think it was interesting. Hey, Scott. By the way, uh, you know, I've been keeping tabs on a certain amount of things here. Of kind of gentlemen's bets that we've been tracking. Mohamed Sanu six for fifty-four. Austin Hooper four for thirty-seven. Calvin Ridley one for ten. So Sanu gains a little bit in that. I think you still have a little bit of a lead, but it's very, very close, Scotty, between Muhammad Sanu and Austin Hooper. Uh, for the rest of the season.
2: All three of those guys have been mediocre, and you want to start none of them right now. <laughs> I think that is probably uh, a fair yeah, I, I can win it, but my, my beginning point at the beginning of the year was Muhammad Sanu is a mediocre fantasy player, and he's still been a mediocre fantasy player.
1: I would say that is fair. You know who else is a mediocre team right now, despite their record? I mean, I think they're worse than mediocre, despite their mediocre record. It's the Washington football team, Scott. They get dump trucked by Saquon Barkley. It looked like they were not in Mediocre is nice. Well, their record is mediocre. What we see as the product on the field, because they've lost two quarterbacks, they've lost their offensive linemen, many of their skill position players have not been playing all season long, and this Washington team is toast, in my opinion. The Giants rise up and get a 40-16 to win. Saquon Barkley could not be stopped. 14 carries, 170 yards, and a touchdown. He also gets you four catches in the passing game as well. Uh, Saquon continues...
2: To live up to the billing, Scott. Yeah, he certainly does. And uh, Could you make a case that he could be the number one pick in fantasy football uh, next year? It's possible. He's possible. He's, he's the best running back in football. He has more breakaway ability than Ezekiel Elliott does. I, I think he has more breakaway ability than Todd Gurley does.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think it is very possible that Saquon could be the number one overall pick. I would need to know, for example, uh, I would need to know the answers to a couple of questions, though, Scott. I would need to know the answer to, like, who is the quarterback for the Giants. I would need to know, like, what team is Le'Veon Bell on. You know, there are some things like that I would need to know to fully form my opinion on uh,
2: who the number one Does overall Does it matter pick who's the quarterback for the Giants is? Eli yes. Manning's been, been mediocre this year, and Saquon Barkley's still putting up monster numbers.
1: Sure. It matters what team Le'Veon Bell is on next year, though. That in that scenario, it complicates things.
2: Le'Veon Bell's missed a full year too. I, I'll, I'll I'll take Saquon Barkley instead.
1: Interesting. All right, fair enough. And talk to me. Uh, who are the Washington Football Team going to take at quarterback? It looks like they're going to go with Johnson moving forward. Huh, Scotty.
2: Yeah, but uh, he had a pretty decent game yesterday in relief. But this guy's basically come off the street. And uh I will say, you know, they had no they really don't know what to expect from him. They didn't prepare for him and it didn't matter. Uh I think next week you certainly stream against him.
1: I like that. Yeah, listen, I've been talking about that, fading them all year long, especially since these injuries. I have doubled up, and you know, I grabbed the Tennessee Titans defense, mostly because they play the Washington football team, Scotty, in week 16. So when my championships are on the line, I want the Titans defense against this Washington football team. I got ahead of that. Um, Last question for you, Scott. Do you think Kyle Oletta is going to see more snaps in the next couple of weeks?
2: I, that, that, that's hard to predict. I, I, I really can't make an estimation on that. You know, it's, you know, look how they, they want to treat Eli Manning with some respect. It's right. uh, But, but the only reason it's going to matter is maybe you want to stream uh, defenses against the Giants. What? No.
1: well, Well, let's say you have a guy like Odell Beckham, Scott. And you're going into your Week 16 matchup. I think it doesn't impact Saquon as much to your previous point. But if you had Odell Beckham, and I know he missed this game, right? Obviously with the quad, I believe it was. Like, does it matter to you if it's Loretta or Eli Manning? I think it would.
2: Why would it? We can't assume Kyle Loretta is going to be any worse than the Eli Manning. Maybe it could be better. Maybe,
1: but we say this all the time with like what we don't know. We unproven Bears when they any. went
2: to Chase Daniel, you know,
1: instead of Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, but Chase, Chase Daniel, people.
2: Chase Daniel is is a is a career journeyman. We you know, downgraded
1: Bengals when 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 they went to Jeff Driscoll.
2: Jeff Gr- Driscoll's got no pedigree at, at all, you know. Kyle so you're Loretta saying you expect a, a, more out of LaLeta? All I would say is that we can't assume is going to suck necessarily or be any worse. He's he's unproven. We don't know what we're going to get with Kyle Laletta.
1: All right. Well, something to keep an eye on, though. I think there will be some level of impact. What it is, we'd have to wait and see. But it'd be very interesting to see if the Giants decide to see what they have in a way that they did bench, not do it last year. We shall see. We shall see. When we come back, there are more games to discuss. Week 14 is almost done. We'll talk about Monday Night Football as well. Come on back. It's FST.
0: DailyRoto.com.
1: Fantasy Sports Today here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez and the King, Scott Engel, taking you through what we saw yesterday and what it means for you moving forward as you try and win your leagues and win that cash. Scott, you also got to let people know the DailyRoto.com NBA lineup optimizer is now available. That means you can use the same tools and projections that DailyRoto.com NFL subscribers are using. For NBA contests as well. DailyRoto.com has produced seven separate FanDuel and DraftKings million dollar tournament winners and millions more in cumulative prizes. If you're playing DFS and you're not using the DailyRoto tools, projections, optimizers, you're doing it wrong. You're at a competitive disadvantage. Go to DailyRoto.com, click on the Go Premium tab, enter the promo code FNTSY for a special discount, and start winning today. That's DailyRoto.com. Click on the Go Premium tab, enter the promo code FNTSY for a special discount. Discount. Scotty, we were talking about some of these games. We were talking about Lamar Jackson, right, earlier, and how, like, he's a dynamic playmaker on one of these defensive teams. We talked about Zeke Elliott, Tariq Cohen, stuff like that. I'm not trying to say that this next team is a defensive team or, in any way, shape, or form, is good. But the Buffalo Bills have a playmaker in their quarterback, Josh Allen. Scott, I listen, I watched it, and he was ripping off 15, 20-yard runs like it was nobody's business, and everybody knew it was going to happen anyway. Doesn't have a great game, okay? 18 for 36, 206 yards, two picks. The Bills lose the game. He threw some, like, you know, throwing across his body right into the middle of the field, prototypical rookie mistakes, okay? I will give you that, but, Scotty, the man for fantasy purposes at least another 101 yards on the ground and a touchdown with his legs this guy has literally he's literally something like the third leading rusher in the NFL over the last month
2: yeah two 100-yard games in a row now for for Josh Allen and uh you know, Robert Foster has now had three 90-yard games in uh in his his last four starts you know so if there's mm-hmm. somebody i think you got to pick up and take a flyer on if he has one more good game or you know, you're having trouble as a number three wide receiver. You, you got to, in the playoffs in depth in larger leagues. You got to take the kid seriously. You know, he's played four games. They activate him off the practice squad. And he's got 90 yards in three of those four games, and Josh Allen can throw downfield. You know, that said, he didn't have a great game because, you know, the passing totals weren't good yesterday no touchdowns, two interceptions. So that's going to drag him down and I think keep him from being a fantasy starter because, you know, that's, that's going to hurt his ceiling with how he turns the ball over. Yeah, but the hundred and one yards on the
1: ground more than make up for the two interceptions, Scott.
2: Not really. When you when you look at when you look at the passing yards uh, from yesterday, they they weren't good. The passing numbers they just weren't good yesterday, and uh, I think that keep, they kept them under twenty points. And uh, yeah,
1: but here's the thing, right? Two interceptions in most formats is minus four. A hundred one yards fumble. Rushing.
2: He also okay, had he got, he got five fine. turnovers over in his last two games. Even
1: if he turned the ball over three times, that's minus six. His hundred and one rushing yards is ten points, so that's another four points. That's another hundred passing yards you can add on to his passing yards.
2: Look, he did have a terrible game yesterday, but uh, I don't think you can count on him to post consistent fa- passing numbers. Yeah. And uh, you know that's I think that keeps him from being like a regular starter. I think I think he's a stream. And, you know, we've seen it over the last two, three weeks that the rushing numbers have certainly, you know, boosted him. But he didn't throw a single touchdown pass yesterday either.
1: Yep, that's fair. That's fair. Zay Jones, who a lot of people thought was going to start to grow in opportunity after the Calvin Benjamin news. He defecates the matches, only three
2: for 22. Yeah, we, we, we talk yep. about guys, rookie wide receivers being yep. inconsistent. Second-year wide receivers, it applies to them too. They're still yep. young guys. Absolutely.
1: Anybody... Hey, let me ask you something. Isaiah Crowell, I think, went down in this game. Is Elijah Maguire someone you're gonna target on the waiver wire?
2: No, because I've seen him get the opportunity before and do nothing with it.
1: Okay. Even if there's no Blah Powell, no um you know, Crowell at all, he's been in, in a kind of timeshare. He might have a you know, he might be in a sixty five thirty four uh share with his side looking good.
2: I've never seen him do it when he's got an opportunity to step up and This late in the fantasy season in the playoffs, I'm not going to take a chance on starting him. Now, I will pick him up and, uh, you know, see if he does well next week. But he's not going in my lineup yet. He's got to prove it. Opportunity doesn't always lead to production. Can he turn out to be another Peyton Barber? I don't know.
1: Okay, fair enough. And, hey, interesting you do, in fact, bring up Peyton Barber. That's the next place I was going to go. And, listen, Scotty, Peyton Barber had run off like a decent month that I was telling you about, right? I was updating you all the time with Peyton Barber, and he uh, turned into a pumpkin a little bit when you needed him in the playoffs. He only goes 14 carries, 42 yards. The Tampa Bay Bucs go down 28-14 to in a game that was interesting, Scott. It, it, for about three quarters, Scott, It looked like one of those prototypical good team comes into the long grass and the weather in Tampa and doesn't perform as strong. But then the Saints kind of snapped out of it, woke up, and got themselves a twenty-eight to fourteen win. Now, to uh, you know, they're both eleven and two, along with the Rams, kind of tied atop the NFC. Obviously, they have the uh, tiebreaker as well. But Drew Brees. You know, two oh one yards, a touchdown, and a and a really bad interception. I don't know if you saw that throw. I thought yes, it was a I bad. Did. I thought it was a bad interception. Yeah, that. But go ahead. that looks Sam Darnold like. It did. It did. But, you know, everybody else, for the most part, got what you needed. Mark I'm starting to really tote the rock there. He gets in the end zone. Kamara only 51 yards on the ground and only 36 in the air, but he does get the five catches. I started him in our Greenwich Street Tavern League. I got like 13 or 14 points. Not what I wanted, but didn't completely defecate the mattress. Michael Thomas continues his season, doesn't get in the end zone, but does add another 11 catches to his total.
2: Yeah, Thomas was great yesterday, but uh, you know this offense was underwhelming for like the first half, of the first two and a half quarters, and then he just busted out. But the defense played really good. This is this is maybe the most dependable fantasy defense right now. That's five consecutive double figure performances by their defense. The Saints are playing a very good defense right now. They have not allowed more than seventeen points in five consecutive weeks. It was a disappointing day for Tampa Bay. Vegas yep. did not get this one right. It was lower scoring than we expected. It was, and I remember I think you had the over in this one, Scotty, as well. I think that
1: was your only loss this week, Scotty, um, I think. Yeah, you had Baltimore correct, you had Miami correct, you had the over in this game, um, So, but you had a good week, you won two out of your three picks. I did not, the only one I had was the uh, Cincinnati, I had Cincinnati plus the 14 and a half um, in our picks, we'll update those later on this week. Let me ask you though, Scotty, on the, on the Tampa side, we've been talking about Chris Godwin? One for thirteen. Uh, we've been talking about, you know, and also I was talking about Cameron Brate. He only gets two catches, both of them, however, Scotty. Get it, we're in the end zone, so you'll take the two touchdowns and make America Brate again.
2: Yeah, it's uh, you know that's what Cameron Brate does when he plays with uh, James Winston. He's like his yep. goal line back even more than Peyton Barber, it seems. And uh, you know, with Chris Godwin, you know that's the danger that we've seen this season that. We've seen good performances, and we've seen bad performances. Uh, all, of, all of those guys were disappointing. Winston was disappointing. And that's yep. the problem with these Tampa Bay quarterbacks and wide receivers is that, you know, they have a low floor. Even a lower floor than Ryan Smith-Patrick is in there. But, you know, Jameis Winston was my fifth-ranked quarterback yesterday. And, you know, I can't tell you I felt 100% comfortable about it. I always worry about the floor with Tampa Bay, with the Tampa Bay offense, because I know that any given week they can put up a stinker.
1: Yeah, that's true. The 47 rushing yards, though, are nice.
2: Yeah, it certainly certainly helped his outlook, but I think you expected a lot more. You expected a lot more from Kamara in a matchup like this, too. Uh, I think it was, it was very disappointing all around except for Michael Thomas and the uh, Saints defense.
1: Absolutely. A couple more games to dive into, Scotty, unless you have anything else on this one. No,
2: pretty much don't.
1: Cool, 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 cool. So the next game, Scotty, I want to talk about is the San Francisco 49ers getting their third win over the on the season against the Broncos team, who I was starting to get excited about. I thought they were playing a little bit better. But listen, they lose Chris Harris on the defensive side. They lose Manny Sanders on the offensive side, and it had an impact. But in this game, we can start nowhere else than another tight end we may have to consider. I'm considering above Rob Gronkowski next year. I'm talking about George Kittle, who has seven catches for... 210 yards and a touchdown. And, Scotty, he did it all in the first half.
2: Yeah, it's just tremendous, tremendous. I thought he was going to go for 300. I did, too. Uh, our our, our I regular listener, up. Don Osborne, uh, out of the Seattle area, my friend, uh, very excited about the victory this morning because, uh, you know, look, diehard 49ers fan there. But uh, yeah, thanks for posting it to us on Twitter this morning. Saw that, uh, yeah. Always, yeah. Uh, but, uh you know, this, 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 Nick Mullins has had two consecutive good weeks here. His play's been up and down overall, but he's, he's getting it done for fantasy purposes. Kittle has been fantastic. Josh Wilson Jr. wasn't a factor in the passing game at all, but he did give you some volume in the run game there. So, uh, you know, he's clearly the number one back for back there right now. And it was kind of surprising on the other end just because the San Francisco pass defense is so bad, but uh, they weren't able mm-hmm. to take full advantage Cortland Sutton defecated the mattress. Yeah. You got caref- to be careful with these rookies. Look at you using my turn, Scotty. Yeah, two catches for 14 yards. And yep. uh, you know, sometimes these guys can't step up with more opportunity. Uh, you know, we saw Deshaun Hamilton get in the end zone, yep. but the receiving numbers weren't great. It was interesting to me how, how, how Tim Patrick was all of a sudden really involved in the game and getting targeted often. If I'm going to pick up somebody from Denver,
1: it might be Patrick. Okay, that is where I was going to go with this. I was going to ask you because we all thought Cortland Sutton was going to be the guy, right? But it turns out that Patrick and Deshaun Hamilton each get seven catches apiece. It looks to me, correct me if I'm wrong, Scotty, it looks to me like Hamilton is the slot kind of guy and Patrick is the more outside kind of guy.
2: I think when you look at it from a fantasy purpose, it could be either Hamilton or Sutton in every given week. But the way that Keenum was looking for Patrick on key downs, I think that's going to be his go-to guy. All right, would you, take, uh, would you take Patrick right now? Let's say you know.
1: Let's say somehow you, you lost the wide receiver that you need. I don't know who that would be necessarily, right? Let's say we get bad word on Tyreek Hill or something like that. I don't know. Let's say you're in a position where you need a wide receiver. Are you taking Foster from Buffalo or one of these Denver wideouts?
2: Uh, I, I'll probably go with Tim Patrick at the top
1: of my okay. list. You take Patrick. It would go like Patrick, then Foster, then Deshaun?
2: I would probably go. Uh, I would probably go Patrick. Then, uh, you know, then, then after that, I'd probably go Foster because I feel like the other two uh, Denver wideouts are going to cancel each other out in some weeks. Interesting.
1: Um, no, I hear you. And then talk to me about you know talk to me about Jeff Wilson Jr. over here. Do we expect this to continue? Is he going to be the starting running back? Is he an RB two? Are you putting him in there with confidence next week? Because Alfred Morris was back active. He touched the ball twice.
2: Yeah, yeah, I already said that. You know, okay. you didn't get uh you, you didn't get the receiving numbers out of him, but you got the volume Though they'll, they'll continue to have have hand him the ball. They play Seattle again next week. Uh, mm. Seattle might be a little stronger linebacker though, uh than they, they were uh, when they last faced him. They do get Michael Kendricks back tonight and that that'll be interesting to see if it bolsters the the, the running game, the run defense. Hmm,
1: fair enough. Is uh next year we're also spinning some of these tight ends forward. I've been telling you about Gronkowski and Cook and how the way I might treat tight end next year in drafts. Scott, is George Kittle a fifth round pick next year?
2: I think he goes earlier than that. Really? I really see him going to, I think in the fourth see him go I think you should see him go as early as the third round next year.
1: Am I correct that you would have it though as Kelsey then Ertz, then Kittle?
2: Yeah. And I and would so say you, Kelsey, Kelsey could go as early as like the end of the first. So like almost uh, rounds
1: two, three, four though. Sort yeah, of like. I
2: could see I could see Arts going to the second and, and killing the third. Or but wow. wouldn't shock me if he went earlier. Wow. Then I, I think I think uh, and then there's you know, a drop, Ebron, right? Ebron and Doyle. It's like with Doyle coming back. I think that hurts Ebron's outlook a little bit. Of course, I, I think. I think Gronk might be more of like a fourth, fifth round pick next year, maybe more of okay. a fifth rounder. And Jared Cook, like right in that area too.
1: Could I sell you on a returning Hunter Henry being in that group as well?
2: Certainly could, yeah.
1: Okay, just, you know, I just didn't want to know because to me, he's profiles in the right type of offense. You know, that would leverage the tight end. There was so he's many coming people. back from
2: a major injury though. and Sure. You wonder how he's going to look after a year off. So they're talking though, though that he behind could be back. Those guys.
1: They're talking he could be back for the playoffs this year. For the for the Los Angeles Chargers, keep an eye out on that. There's talk about potentially activating him, but we shall. Playing and
2: how he looks are going to be two different things. You know, have to come back for the playoffs. For all we know, and you know, not look like fully like himself the following year.
1: But they also, you know, they gotta they gotta respect it at least defensively, right? If he's out on the field, you gotta you gotta scheme a little to protect it.
2: Right now, they don't have a tie to the defenses should respect. I mean, Antonio Gates has been invisible.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Let me ask you something. Me and Blewett all the time, we talk about, like, the quarterback merry-go-round for next year. You know how I think Flacco, you know, whatever, is going to be in Jacksonville. I think Andy Dalton might be in Washington, to be quite honest, because Jay Gruden had him in Cincinnati. We know about Tyrod and Teddy Bridgewater and the other names. They
2: say Dalton's not going anywhere. Fair enough. Those are Fair the enough. public reports. Fair enough.
1: I'm just talking about the merry-go-round because I want to, uh, you know, I want to throw another name in there. Scotty, how many years left do you think Matthew Stafford is the Detroit Lions' quarterback? I think for a while. Yeah, uh, I, I don't. I, this team is changing. This team is evolving. I don't know that Jim yeah, Bob Cooter's going to be there next year.
2: It's very very hard to find a, a quarterback of that quality. You know, Matthew Stafford's not a superstar. Oh no, but he's not uh, a problem you know, but either. He, but he's not. He, you're right. He's not a problem either. You know, it's quarterback again. I it say it's so much. You know what's really going to be on the carousel because you have to keep what you have in a lot of cases. Do they? I don't think the I don't think the Bengals are going to find much better than Andy Dalton down on the free agent market, or unless they trade for somebody and they get somebody in the draft, and they they still have to groom them. Right. The quarterback is very watered down in the NFL. That's there's true. maybe like there's maybe like 14, 15 guys that teams can feel completely comfortable with. After that, you know, everybody's got to warts or it's a crapshoot or yeah. or something. You know, injuries have you turned into Mark Sanchez, right. things like that. <laughs> so why why would the Detroit Lions, in their right mind as an organization, move on from Matthew Stafford? There's not anything I, better out there.
1: The reason I say this, and, man, and I'll evolve my point, I think you're right, Scott, is they, they – you're right. They may not be something better, but as you know, if you kind of stick with your guy a few, a few years too long, it really sets the franchise back. That's what I'll say. And so maybe Cincinnati and Detroit, to be quite honest, maybe would you accept that they may the ki- be the kind of team that needs to like – Draft a third-round quarterback this year and start that process. You know, I'd even put the Chargers in that group, although Philip Rivers is performing amazing. But they're going to start to need to be grooming the heir apparent, I think, in Cincinnati and in Detroit.
2: I don't think so in Detroit. You know, no? Matthew Stafford's not that good. Look, this is Marshall Falk says it's on a uh, on lineup lock live. That it's a quarterback-driven league, but this is yeah. also a team sport here, and. You can't just change the quarterback and that changes everything. Yeah, you got to surround Matthew. St- Matthew, what does Matthew Stafford have? You know, he's got Kenny Galladay. Marvin Jones is done. Uh, you know, Golden Tate is gone. He doesn't have a tight end he can depend on. Theo Riddick does nothing out of the backfield. Kerry Johnson, Johnson up. Carrier Johnson is injured. You can't blame the quarterback in Detroit. Okay. It's that's not the problem. You oh, know, it, you know, well, it's, in Cincinnati too. You know, AJ Green's getting hurt. Etc. You know this. This team is just not on Andy Dalton. I don't think Andy Dalton. Neither one of these quarterbacks, especially Dalton, is a team. You look at them as Super Bowl type quarterbacks, but you know we've seen really good years for Matthew Stafford in the past. Uh, How much can you blame the quarterback? You can't just yank the quarterback and expect to change the environment. It's a
1: team sport. Yeah, he goes 15 to 23, 101 passing yards.
2: He's uh, playing with a, a bump win. shoulder and he's got no receivers.
1: Yeah, talk to me about no receivers. Our guy, Scotty Kenny Galladay, defecates the matches, Only two catches for five yards, letting playoff owners down.
2: Yeah, in a big way. You know, he got shut down by Patrick Peterson. Yeah. You know, he's done good, he's done well against some other cover corners, but they're asking a lot of Galladay right now. He He doesn't have any compliments or any help.
1: We'll talk about this a little bit more, and then we'll look at Monday Night Football when we come back. Scotty Seahawks are in action. We'll talk about it after this. Scott Angle and the spit and Statistician Dane Martinez taking you through Week 14, where people are win or go home for their fantasy playoffs. I also got to let people know, Scotty, that if you like to wager on sports, and I can only assume that if you're listening to the Fantasy Sports Network early on a Monday morning, that you do. Then go on and head on over to BetDSI. They have wagering options for almost any sport you can think of, including sides, totals, player props. You can utilize your DFS skills without salary constraints. You can even wager on eSports, politics, reality TV. I told you, Scotty, I know who's going to win Survivor if you want to know. Get an edge with live betting at BetDSI. You can wager virtually any time during a contest, capitalizing on in-game circumstances. There are so many ways to make money. Use the promo code FNTSY101 when signing up and get a 100% deposit bonus match. Once you've opened up your account, go to dailyroto.com, click on Contact Us, and send your Bet DSI username. We will give you one month of Daily Roto access totally free. That's access to all sports tools and optimizers. So head on over and open your account at BetDSI. That's promo code FNTSY101. Get your 100% bonus deposit match and one month free of dailyroto.com. Calm. all right Scotty here's what I want to ask you about I'm sorry but we're gonna we're gonna ask a little bit about my fantasy team going into this okay as you know Scotty I had a big playoff matchup in the GST league facing our guy Jim Ross and if you're looking at the standing if you're looking at the score right now I am down by literally half a point point five and if you remember I was you know, I was uh, debating who to put in my flex spot last week. The options were Deion Lewis, who played on Thursday night. I didn't want to, you know, lock up my flex spot on a Thursday night. And then my other options were I was going to go either LeGarrette Blunt, I was going to go either Allen Robinson, or I was going to go Doug Baldwin tonight. Doug Baldwin is game-time decision, and on Monday night I didn't want to play that game. So it came down for me to Allen Robinson or LeGarrette Blunt. Allen Robinson, I was like, you know what? It's Mitchell Trubisky's first week back. He's gonna have a lot of a keep to leave. So I went with Legarrette Blunt, Scotty. Allen Robinson did outscore him by two points, which may ultimately really come back to bite me. And tomorrow morning, you'll certainly hear about it if that is the case. But I went with Legarrette Blunt, Scott. Zach Zenner may have completely screwed me. What is going on? I was my whole thing, Zach. Um, my whole thing, Scott, was like, if the Detroit Lions get a one-yard touching run. Touchdown run. I'm in I'm in the money. I'm ready to go. That happened. But Zach Zenner gets twelve for fifty-four and a touchdown. LGBT rights defecates the mattress, twelve for thirty-three and nothing else, really.
2: Yeah, but I think we expected better out out of him, you know, this Arizona defense would be getting yeah. up, torn up all season yeah. long. What happened, Scott? What happened? Uh you know, he just he didn't have a good game yesterday. He was running into brick walls, he was plodding. He looked like bad LeGarrette Blunt yesterday.
1: I know. I was expecting the exact thing that Zach Zenner got me, you know, the, the, the two-yard touchdown or whatever, and it may come to pass that it absolutely kills me. I say that, Scott, because the other thing I want to say, all right, so we, I'm going into a, a matchup here. It's Monday Night Football. So let's turn our attention to Monday Night Football here for a hot second, Scott. I am down to a big fan of the show and longtime listener of this network, JR, Jim Ross. You guys know him. He's at 128.3. I'm at 127.8. Literally half a point separate us. Scott, he has the Seattle defense going tonight. I have CBass, Sebastian Janikowski, the kicker, going tonight. Projections, and I know that those don't really make sense because, quite frankly, you ever notice, Scott, how on all these projections for kickers and defenses, they still give you, like, fractional points where that's, like, impossible for kickers and defenses?
2: Yeah. Yeah, a so lot of sites do that, though. That you know, doesn't you help avoid me. avoid a tie that way, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, that doesn't help me. So, like, listen, I'm down by .5, Scott. Janikowski here, at least, and I'm looking at CBS right now, is projected to get 8.3 although we know that's not true. The Seahawks' defense is projected to get 7.6. So in essence, these guys are both project. if you think about like the whole number, because that's what it has to be, they're projecting both of them to be at 7 or 8 or 9 in essence, and I need literally less than a point. I'm going to be my own game of inches all night, and because we're talking kickers and defenses, I'm going to have to watch it to the very last play of the game.
2: Yeah, I think so, but I'd rather have the kicker than the defense. Especially if this is going to be a high scoring game, which I think it will be. I know Minnesota ranks defensively uh, very well, in the metrics uh, will say otherwise. But Seattle, especially, uh, Russell Wilson always shows up for national television games. This is a very key game. Uh, I think, you know, this team's still going to be able to run the ball. And if not, I think Russell Wilson's going to be able to throw it. Uh, they're going to be able to Trey Wayne's in the secondary here. Uh, the Seattle defense, you know, they're kind of middle of the road when it comes to sacks. They're better when it comes to interceptions. But uh, Minnesota, you know, they don't allow a ton of sacks. You know, they've allowed thirty sacks. Seattle has thirty-one sacks, so it's kind of it kind of evened out. Of the road. Seattle has a dozen interceptions. Uh, Minnesota's only thrown nine, so this could be like a middling defensive kind of game. But if anything, where it's high scoring, I think what weighs in your favor is. I think when we get to the red zone, I think things are going to kind of bunch up. Tighten up. It's, yeah, yep. Seattle Seattle doesn't have a big receiver yes. that they can use in the red zone. You know, that's yes. the one thing they're missing, you know. They when they score in the passing game, it tends to be for like more off away, you know, from, it's from, from, the, from, it's from away. It's from
1: 45 yards away, right? Uh, it's right. they they have the ball. in the red
2: zone. We saw that last week against San sure. Francisco, but this is a better defense. But here's uh, what I'll, you yeah. know, I I think Janikowski, though, could get you probably about 9, 10 points tonight. I think it's going to be real close. I think close. the defense is probably going to be about a seven point game. Yeah. But, you know, one defense, one, one, uh, one play, he can't predict, it's it's it can't predict this. You know, you saw what Bobby Wagner did at oh, the yeah. end of the game last year. Uh, it's less likely to happen against Kirk Cousins, but I don't know about Kirk Cousins on the road in that environment. Look, he did win with Washington last year right. in Seattle, so he he can't do it. You know, that was right. nobody expected that to. So he's. He's used to the environment and those receivers are really gonna challenge that secondary. You got Trey Flowers at one corner who's like a converted safety and he's made some nice plays but I just feel like I feel like, like Stefan Diggs or Alan Thielen is really gonna tear up that secondary and the Seahawks are gonna have to respond and it's gonna be a high scoring game, I think. We
1: shall see, uh, Scotty. So you're saying it's going to be a high scoring, moderately game, you...
2: high scoring, like a like a 30 so, to 27 kind of game.
1: Oh, I was going to ask you because the uh, over under right now, the total for this game is set at 45 and a half. What you just said, 30 over. 27, that's like in the I 50s. So you think it's going to be a higher scoring game? That would help my opponent. Uh, you know, the Seattle Seahawks maybe won't put it forth a huge effort. Maybe there will be some kicks out of Janikowski. I'm telling you though, Scott, I'm going to have to watch the very last play of the game because, like, what if there's one one of these lateral things, you know, that just wind up in a in a fumble, you know? My opponent's going to get a random two points literally on the last play of the game or some crazy thing yeah, like that. Yeah, there's less predictability
2: or, with the defense.
1: That, yeah. That's or, the problem. this game can end with a Janikowski 47-yard field goal to win it. You know what I mean? Like, literally all options are open in this one. I'm literally I've down by half I've also seen Sebastian Janikowski
2: get some key misses, too. This is true. I think in yeah. GST.
1: Correct me if I'm wrong. We don't have that setting of like minus one if they miss an extra point, or minus yeah, a lot, one if they a miss lot, a, short a lot of
2: a lot of a lot of a lot of 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 uh, sites don't. But then you still feel that's like a missed opportunity. You know, it's still right. it's still gut wrenching. Absolutely, like he's missed four field goals this year.
1: Right, but I don't I I don't stand to lose any points. Let's put it that way. You know yeah, what but, I mean? If he misses the extra
2: point or misses say but a but they go all, all the way down. Goal, You know, they drive all the way down and he doesn't get it. You know, that's kind of upsetting.
1: Oh, yes, trust me. Let's yeah. put it this way, Scotty. Uh, tomorrow at 7.02 a.m., you will know. You will know how this one turned out for me. Big shout-out to my guy Jim Ross, Jr., friend of the Fantasy Freestyle Stats over the Cypher, friend of the network, has had a lot of fun with me about these matchups left and right. It is going to be nip and tuck. But let's not talk about just myself, Scotty. I mean, this is a huge NFC game. The winner of this game is going to be really set up in the five-seed. Of the uh, playoffs, right? Whoever wins this game will be the wild card. will be the number one wild card because if Minnesota wins, they go to seven five and one. Seattle would fall to seven and six. So the winner of this game is the five seed. Is the loser of this game like the loser of this game? If it's Minnesota, is only half a game up. If Seattle loses this game at seven and six, they will also have Philly and Carolina on their tail. This is a huge game in the NFC wild card picture, Scott.
2: Oh yeah, I mean this determines seating between uh between four and five, and also playoff comfort because if Seattle wins, then I think they can be very comfortable with uh you know with yes, games. Yes, if against, Seattle wins, against, absolutely against, against Arizona, San Francisco, and Kansas City. Whereas you know if they, they they lose a game, I don't think they could could be fully comfortable because you would never tell what's going to happen in an individual game. They could lose in San Francisco. They could lose at Arizona. Yeah. You know it's happened before. You know division look games. At the Schedule. They they look at the schedule and they say, Okay, Seahawks fans are saying, Oh, they'll be two and one. You know, right. they, they are the, so we can beat Minnesota, they'll be three and one, we can beat Arizona, we right. can beat San Francisco, maybe we'd lose to Kansas City. Some of them are saying they'll run the table. You know, they could beat Kansas City and lose to San Francisco. You never know. That's why they played the
1: game, Scotty. We got a huge one for NFC Wildcard and obviously a huge one for your boy the spitting statistician, a C Bass. Forget about anything I ever said bad about you, baby. Drain some 57-yarders today. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Have a great day, Scotty.